That ladies' choir was great. Thank you, Kelly Harris, for singing for us today. You know, six weeks ago, we were worried she might not be able to sing. She had surgery and wasn't able to talk for several weeks. And here she is singing the Lord's praises today. Thank you, Kelly. Amen. That's an answered prayer, isn't it? I noticed Carol Lemke in the choir. Carol lost her mom. Carol, we've been praying for you. And uh, Mark Warner is back in the back taking care of our television. He lost his brother at the funeral this week. And Jackie Waller lost her dear Bob of 65 years. I don't know if Jackie's here, but we've been praying for her. Deb Mode lost her mother as well. And people continue to serve the Lord, trust Him, and love Him through the difficult trials of life. Because what a friend we have in Jesus when death visits our house, when sickness comes. What a friend, a friend like no other. This song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, is written on the basis of the words I want to read for you this morning from our wonderful Savior in John chapter 15. We are going to visit his words about love again. This week and next week, I want to talk to you about the idea that the church is here to help people Love God and others in word and in deed. How the purpose of the church might be summarized in the command, love God with all your heart, love your neighbor as yourself. How this ought to be part of the marching orders of the church, not just of the individual believer, but of the organized structure of the church. Much of what we do here at First Baptist is aimed at expressing the love of God in practical deeds of kindness and compassion. And you're going to hear about that a little bit more later on. But we are loving God as we worship. I hope that some of you who are sitting in the pews just now will decide to be part of the choir. We'll come on Thursday and join with our choir and be part of it for the fall, part of the special music for Christmas. Uh, maybe you've never sung in a choir before. It can be a great experience for you and a, a wonderful experience of worship, developing new friendships. And you get to worship not only Sunday morning when you sing, but on Wednesdays when you practice. It's a great experience. I hope you'll try it. Join the choir this Wednesday as a way of expressing your love for the Savior, for the God who made you and the Lord who rescued you. Today and a week from today, love changes people, love changes your world. I hope nobody's sitting in the pew thinking, I wish that preacher would preach on something besides love. <laughs> I was in First John for the whole summer. So we're going to make a switch come September. I'm going to preach on five competencies 
that we pursue as a church. They are unique to us in a way. Things that rise out of our ministry and our service together. We worship with our lives. We gather to go to the need. We teach to transform. We disciple in motion. We embrace the future. And those will be the five subjects for September. We'll break them down and try to understand the biblical base and the practical application of those competencies. Today in John chapter 15, verse 9, Jesus talks to his disciples in a very, very important part of the Gospel of John and of the New Testament, starting in chapter 14, going through 17, and the high priestly prayer of Jesus. This is Jesus delivering his final message to his disciples. As he says to them in verse 9 of chapter 15, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Say that after me. Love each other. The command is what? Love each other. This is my command. Love each other. All right. What I want to do this morning is talk about how love changes people. I want you to apply it to your life, okay? So these are things that can be implemented in your mind and heart, your attitude, the way you approach life. Everybody in the room has improvement to make in the love department. God's not through with anybody here. We're all works in progress. The finest finishing work he does in the human personality is done in the basis of love. It is the work of love. So how does love change a human being? How does it change the experience 
of living here. Of being self-conscious. Of making decisions. Jesus says, remain in my love. I find it intriguing. He wants it to be your address, his love. He wants you to abide here, to live here, to remain in my love. The tender, compassionate Christ is calling us to be centered in his love. Love holds us. Why would John want to stay in the center of this love? Because love holds us. It's illustrated most easily by a baby in a mother's arms. The two-year-old grandson picked up quickly on the idea of hold you. And he will run up to you now and say, hold you, hold you. He's not about to pick you up. He wants you to pick him up. It's an expression of love. Love holds us. Sometimes the world feels like an ever-changing river. And it's hard to stabilize your life in the midst of the change. Often you lament the change and you think nothing stays the same. Even if I stay in the same spot, everything around me changes. And we long for something in the world that will stabilize our lives, that will hold us fast and true, that will give us a sense of permanence. Love holds us. In a world that always changes, love holds us. So Jesus is doing us a great service as he calls us, remain in my love. It's the best place for you to be. It's a stable place for you to be. It's a place where you can feel at home. Abide in me. That's his challenge. Remain in my love. Love holds us and love pulls us. Say, love changes you in that it settles the vibrations and unsteadiness of your life, but it also changes you in that it will not allow you to remain the same. Love calls you and it draws you. Every time I look in the mirror now, I witness the changes that are made from being under gravity for this long. You know, if you stay under the gravitational pull of the earth this long, stuff starts sinking on you. Somebody says, well, uh, what's happened to that physique? Well, part of it is that you've been under gravity. It's the gravitational pull. Gradually changes the mountains, the streams, the planet, the continents. Gravitational pull is constant. 
You can't see the change from day to day, but it changes you. Love changes you day by day. Sometimes I hear spouses say, He'll never change! And maybe he won't. But if you're talking about the human personality, things that are laced through you from the time you were born, ways of behaving and attitudes so embedded in your character that you just can't snap your fingers and change that. If you're talking about that kind of change, which often we are, love has the power to work change in the human personality as you stay in it, remain in it, and under it. It draws you. It pulls you. See, if you're really in love, you want to know what is in the mind of the lover. What's he thinking? What's she desiring for me to be? What's the ideal in her mind and heart about me? There are things about me that have definitely changed over these years of loving and being loved. It's gradual, but it's true. And it's transformational. And if you come into the love of Christ, say you were today, to decide, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want him to be my Savior and Lord. And you were to come into the love of Christ today and stand in it and feel the stabilizing effect of knowing that the Father loves you. And you are held in his love. And to know that, all right? The stabilizing effect of it. It wouldn't be long before the drawing power of that love starts bringing changes to who you are. It just happens. Love draws you toward the best that you can be. It makes you reach for the heights. Love gives you a safe place in which to take a risk and reach out, to try something new, to do something different in your life, not filled with fear or anxiety about it because you are held in love. It's really beautiful. It's a wonderful place to be. And it's a place where you can grow and develop as a human being. And it's a place where God changes you from glory to glory into the image of his son. That's what he's doing in his love toward you and for you. And if you will allow the love of God to pour through your life, God will change others through your love. Sometimes they will experience it in words or in deeds. But love unleashed changes who we are. It holds us. It pulls us. It delights us. I'm surprised when Jesus says, I am telling you these things. Remain in my love. Keep my commands so you remain in my love. Just like I kept the Father's commands and remain in his love. I'm telling you these things. Why are you telling us these things, Lord? 
so that my joy will remain in you. You got the joy of the Lord in you? Well, do you? Is the joy of the Lord evident in your life? Do you go on your way singing? We used to sing that song. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still. In all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. You got a song in your heart? You have joy in your life? If you'll just let the joy of the Lord be in you, people will look at you and they'll follow you to see where you're going. Because they want to be joyful too. They want happiness in their life. Everybody's looking for joy. And Jesus said, I'm telling you these things so your joy will be full. My joy will be in you and your joy will be full. Jesus intended for you to be delighted. Cheerful. And full of his joy every day. A smile on your face as the normal approach to life. When you show up at work. When you arrive in that classroom, teacher or student to be full of his joy I'm going to tell you something right now okay if this joy does not characterize your life you're not as strong as you ought to be you're not as strong as you think you are to have that smile and that joyful countenance as the normal approach to life is to be powerful. It is a powerful thing. The scripture says the joy of the Lord is the strength of his people. If you lost your joy, you lost your power too, brother. Don't think you're strong in your grimace your anger, or your despair. You are strongest when you can laugh out loud because there's a confidence about joy, a faith about joy. There's a love in joy that gives you strength. Love holds us. Love pulls us. Love delights us. And love floors us. I mean, right to the floor. Love puts you on the knees in the bathroom, washing the commode. Why am I here? Because I love this guy and these little people. That's why I'm here. Why do I work all day? Why are my hands beat up and wrinkled? Because this is the 
work of love, it puts you on the floor. Greater love has no one than this. That a man or a woman lay down his life. Lay down his life. Lay down his life. I've talked about this before, and I don't mean to dwell on it too much, but I was reading some quotes from John Lennon this week. Every time I talk about love, I think about John Lennon saying, I really thought that love would save us all. I really thought that love would save us all, he said. Well, maybe he didn't know this kind of love that does, in fact, save all who come. See, Christ laid down his life for us. Love floored him. As an example, he got down on his knees on the floor in the upper room and he washed the disciples' feet. And at first, it was not a pretty picture in the upper room. Peter is drawing back. He's angry. You're never going to wash my feet. But love floors you. Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part in me. Changed Peter's attitude. Well, then, how about my hands and my head? (laughs) No, just the feet. That's all we need. Jesus got down, took those old fishermen's feet, (laughs) washed them. This is the Lord Jesus washing feet. Then he says, hey, know what I did for you? I gave you an example. This is how you're supposed to treat one another. The only thing that gets you down that low is love. It folds us. It humbles us. It floors us. It produces in us the servant heart of the God who serves us and saves us. Some people are so proud they don't even want God to serve them. I'll do it myself, thank you. Uh Uh-uh. What God wants to do in you, you cannot do yourself. You must surrender your feet to him and let him wash them. And in so doing, he rescues you from the pride that says, I'll do it myself. And he teaches you how to lay down your own life. I know there's somebody in the room that's saying, how long, oh Lord? How long am I supposed to lay down my life? It's a way to be in the world. You lay down your life and you take it up again. Jesus said the first will be last and the last will be first. 
There's a great reversal coming and the reward of love is that the man who humbles himself is exalted. Love floors us and love fulfills us. Here's the plan, okay? What is your plan for my life, God? Here's the plan. Love each other as I have loved you. By this will all men know that you are my disciples, if you love each other. This is the plan. What's the great purpose you got for me, God? Love each other. Specialize in love. Focus on it. Learn how to love your spouse with passion every day. Learn how to love those kids that sometimes frustrate you. That family that tests you in the most difficult ways in your life. The relationship of love that you were called to that challenges everything in you. Learn how to love. That's the plan. Love fulfills us. It is Jesus who says, I want your joy to be complete. I want you to be a complete person. I want you to grow up. I want you to mature. I want the love in you to mature. And it's going to happen as you practice day by day. Laying down your life and loving as Christ has loved you. Love fulfills us in that everything the Father said to Jesus, Jesus passed on to the disciples. I've told you everything, he says. I love you and I've told you everything the Father revealed to me. Love becomes our purpose and our passion as we follow the Lord Jesus. And love appoints us, by the way. You have not chosen me. This is that great passage, you know. You have not chosen me, but I have what? Chosen you. Good morning, chosen people. The chosen people of God gathered here. Good morning, chosen people. Are you feeling chosen? Do you know God has chosen you? He has chosen you, not you him. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. That's how he says it. You think sometimes you work this thing out yourself. You got to God somehow on your own. You stumbled along till you finally found him. All the time you were looking for God. God was looking for you. He was chasing you down the corridors of life, somebody said. The hound of heaven who would not let you go because he loved you so. And we run from him and dodge him and sometimes turn our fists on him. But he continues to pour out his love in an effort to win us every one. Love appoints you. If you can feel the flood of God's love coming down on your head right now, if you can sense the love of the Father for you personally right now, a passionate love, as you bask in that love, as you experience that love, as you realize His love for you, 
Can you see the appointment of it? All right? It's not just given for you to enjoy. It propels you into your world, this love. Does it not? Doesn't it call you out? Doesn't it sound your name? Doesn't it give you the challenge to respond to this love with obedience and power, with the gifts that he's given you, the resources at your disposal? I thank God for teachers who walk into their classrooms knowing the appointment of God they have, whether it's a public or private school. They walk into that classroom knowing the appointment. Some days, I'm sure, you'd quit, dear teacher, if it weren't that you knew you were called, that this is your calling, and the love of God constrains you, and you go in there because you are appointed. And there are medical doctors like this, too, who go to work day after day and work long hours, and they get tired. And the next injured person comes in and the next sick person comes in and it's a never-ending stream and they say to themselves when they are weary and tired and hungry and they want to go home, this is what God has called me to do. And you serve and honor the Savior who laid his life down for you when you do your profession and occupation with the passion of your call and the appointment from heaven oriented that way, with that mental picture in your mind, with that challenge on your heart, you leave these doors where you worship to go into the world on a mission to fulfill your calling, whatever it takes, because he chose you and you've been appointed in his love. And you can't quit. And you can't do second best. And you can't coast because you're doing it for him. Everything you do in that place of business, everything you do, you do it as an offering to the Savior who loved you and gave his life for you. You see, love changes us. It holds us and pulls us and delights us and floors us and fulfills us and appoints us to go into a world that needs love. Needs the love of Christ. Needs the love of God every day in every way. So, Christian soldiers, disciples of the Lord Jesus, here is the command. Here is the plan. Love each other. How? As Jesus loved you. Let's bow together. I know there's bound to be folks who feel like all the love's been drained out of them. Lord, I pray for that brother or sister who struggles today with living in love, expressing love, 
in word and deed. Lord, I pray for that young man who feels the pull of selfishness as well as the pull of love. That you will show him where life is. Lord, that tug in our hearts toward greed, pride, arrogance, against the call of self-denial, laying down our lives. Show us where life is. Father God, by your Holy Spirit, call us back to you and all you've called us to do. I pray for somebody in this room who's never trusted you as Savior. Lord Jesus, draw them to yourself today. Give them courage in a minute to step out and confess their faith publicly. Have your way in us, Lord. Help us to do what you command so we can abide in your love. In Jesus' name, amen.